Dragon Walker. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Autopod Decepticast. This is your bi-weekly podcast that delivers an episode-by-episode breakdown of the original G1 series. This is your episode 111. That means we're covering episode 7 of the Transformers G1 series. Episode titled, Fire in the Sky. I, I want to make, make our lives better. I, was, I heard. Hello? Surely. Let's empower each other. Hello? Uh, What's I'm up? looking for... The Autopod Decepticast. Wait. Okay. 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 If this is where it has to happen, then this is where it has to happen. I'm not letting you get rid of me. How about that? Okay. This used to be my specialty. You know, I was good in the living room. they send me in there, and I'd do it alone, and now I just... But tonight, our little project, our company, had a very big night. But it wasn't complete, wasn't nearly close to being in the same vicinity as complete, because I couldn't share it with you. I couldn't hear your voice or laugh about it with you. I miss, I miss the Autopod Decepticast. We live in a cynical world, a cynical world, and we work in a business of tough competitors. I love you. You complete me and i just had shut up <laughs> you had me at transformers percent <laughs> transformers i'll I take it i'll take it <laughs> I, I actually that was pretty good I, I would have laughed just as hard i thought what you were going to do is just say shut up <laughs> just, just leave it i'm pretty that. sure she says shut up she does say shut up okay. she says, she i'm says, really confused caleb <laughs> never knows what these are she said she says shut up just shut up and then she of course uh, says it's jerry mcguire finish the iconic line you had me at hello thank you all right now, I, now my <laughs> I watched that movie so many times and like because also as a kid I was like so well not as a kid just forever (laughs) I've been came out when we were 18 into oh god I've been so like just into being in the idea of being in love and just romance in general that movie oh my heart oh you're so lofty (laughs) is that is that where he's a sports agent yes Mm -hmm. Ah, okay it's a good movie it's Cameron Crowe I think I saw it a couple he's a great actor terrible human being Who? Tom Cruise? Tom Cruise, yeah. How's he a terrible human being? He's a Scientologist. That doesn't... It means maybe he's misguided. He's he's maybe wrong. Well, he tells people not to take mental health uh, pills, basically, (laughs) which is a problem. And also, Scientology is super homo... Like, uh, super against gay people. Yeah, I've seen Going Clear. So it's possible that Tom Cruise has some attributes that aren't commendable. Yeah, but what is commendable is the delivery of those lines, he baby. Is, he is an amazing... Wa- I'm free! On, I love... I mean, on screen, amazing. He's an amazing actor. The 
that movie was great. It came out, I think I was a freshman in college. It, I remember going on a first date with a gal that there wasn't a second date for. <laughs> Being extremely That would not be a first jazzed. date at all. <laughs> a date? That would just date. be a date. You're right. <laughs> Uh, I think we did meet for coffee or something. You after. probably, I hope during the date you just b- didn't keep going. You know, I'm really having fun on this first date. <laughs> <laughs> That's the first date. Like putting, very presumptuous. Putting it in her mind. <laughs> first date, last date. No, we, we, actually, now it's coming back to me. We went and had coffee and then we went and saw Jerry Maguire, but I wasn't really much of a coffee drinker. And so I was just. The, the caffeine and just the oh, good God. vibes of the movie combined. I felt great when that movie was over. <laughs> it was just a really good movie. I took my pants off. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's uplifting. It's inspiring. It is. A, it is uh, in retrospect, it, it's super saccharine, but I do like that movie. I don't think it's... I mean, there are... The, yeah, that moment in particular is very saccharine, but it's no still fucking well kid. <laughs> I, I don't remember the movie at all. <laughs> Cuba Gooding Jr. You're Jerry McFucking Guire. I just remember. And Regina King. All I remember, the only thing I remember about that movie is actually, I remember Aaron just going, kush lash, kush lash. <laughs> I don't remember the movie. I remember Aaron <laughs> talking in, about in the, movie. the movie. That's it. I forgot Jerry O'Connell's yeah, in that. Yeah, kush Jane lash. Is in that. Uh, did Cuba Gooding Jr. win a Best Supporting Actor I think he might have. for it? But yet, has Tom Cruise ever won an Academy Award? I bet he has. Wow, that's weird. I don't... In what? I don't know. Uh, Top Gun. I feel like he does a lot of movies that are Oscar bait, but aren't quite good enough. Yeah. Like, I think of movies like Last Samurai and... uh, Oh, God. That fucking white savior movie. What a trash movie that is. It's so bad. I I, I can't help it. I've studied history. And that is (laughs) a trash movie. Yeah. Trash movie. Yeah, it's bad. Put it up there with dancing, dances, dances with wolves. wolves. Yes, I liked Dances with Wolves, but now I'm also yeah, that's a trash movie. Uh, All trash because of the social sa- justice. Yes, the white savior, savior movies are so bad. <laughs> what are other some good trash white savior movies? I'm trying to think. Uh, well, remember the one with Sandra Bullock? But that's based on a true story, right? Uh, which one? The one, The Blind Side. <laughs> I don't know. Oh yeah, but it's also very inaccurate as well. Yeah. <laughs> like oh. I mean. It's a movie. <laughs> All right, well. I also don't really care for Oh, movie. I I I know one that is like the worst example. Fucking Lincoln. <laughs> Trash movie. Daniel Day-Lewis. Yeah, like he freaks Get out of here. <laughs> All right. Daniel Day-Lewis was a cobbler for a while. I'm glad you have that fact. <laughs> okay, Tom Cruise, real quick, never has won an Academy Award. Yeah. Nominee in 1990. For leading role in Born on the Fourth of July. Oh, that was a good, that that was a good one. He did very well in that. Yep. Uh, nominee. Love for, it or leave it. Yep. Best uh, actor in a leading role for Jerry Maguire, nominated. And in 2000, best actor in a supporting role for Magnolia. Yeah, also ah. a very good role that he did. Yeah, actually, he did really good in that movie. All right. We have alcohol in front of us yeah, because, uh, oh, because Jet is doing a, a new thing where uh, we have kind of a cocktail of the week, mm-hmm. and uh, usually, or I think always, it will be inspired by the episode. Right? Yes. All right. What it, do we got? Loosely. I just run through them. For this one, uh, we have, uh, we are in the real world currently. In, in the real world. Thank you. In September, so we're at the tail end of summer, but uh, for this episode is a cold one, gentlemen, and... <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen. Ladies and gentlemen, I guess. You don't know how I identify. (laughs) That's true. Uh, Pronouns. Um, 
So I decided to make a hot beverage for this one. Nice. Um, this Jigger Beaker and Glass book that I've been taking our, our cocktail recipes from was compiled around the turn of the 20th century. Um, and so there's this whole section on remedies, which is like, there's a, there is actually, I wanted to read this part. There's a remedy to alleviate death. Nice. And I <laughs> to read this to you. To alleviate death. Mm -hmm. Death itself or feelings of discomfort if a loved one is dying. I think, I think. This is like from booze. Oh, that's a good question. Like, oh, my husband died. What what are some drinks I can drink to get it to get that get over that? In the next episode, I'll tell you how to fix yourself to salvage a guest from the effects of a hanging. But oh, wow, <laughs> yes, far out. It's what the fuck was happening Hang in the early twentieth century. So this is the recipe if you want to alleviate apparent death from toxic poisoning, and especially should in any happenstance the quality of liquor to be suspect. Which also, this does come during, this was written also during the period of uh, right. Prohibition, so you get a lot of bum booze. Okay, so that makes more sense. I, not just death, but alleviate... It's death. all liquor related. Yeah, from from toxic poisoning. Oh, so you're saying like someone's basically thinks they've been poisoned by bad gin. And yes, and so drink this. This is an alcohol drink. <laughs> well, this drink in particular isn't that. I just wanted to talk about this oh. because... Oh, it's, okay. So here's the recipe if you want. Uh, mustard... Mix one fairly heaping teaspoon with one glass of warm water or warm milk. Drink it all. Okay. Two, salt. The same or slightly stronger mixer. Mixture also in warm water. Ipecapepecapecaya. Let me see that again. That is Juanha. Okay. That is, uh, sounds like a, a, a native, like a Central American. Yes, I think so. Word. This is a simple emet, em, emetic, uh, a a diaphoretic. Thank you. And an expectorant. Mix from 10 to 20 grains of the drug with a quarter cup of water, depending on patient ruggedness of physique. Repeat every half hour until gastric evacuation is accomplished. After three doses, stop and call a physician. Maybe that should just be at the top. Call a physician. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, that's if you want to alleviate apparent death. It also does mention, though, that Ipecahuana is poisonous in overdose. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Poison plus poison. So I'm poisoned. Cure. Here, try this poison. This will take care of that poison. It's double poison. <laughs> I, I wonder if that's a plant or something, a pecuana or whatever it is. Probably. Yeah. Until you mentioned that plant, I was just thinking <laughs> you could just have a good corned beef sandwich and probably. I, it sounds up. like a sounds like hangover. Like like. Oh, these are not good ideas. Don't do them. <laughs> So for okay, our, about this drink, yeah, for our drink, which is called, we have the Skyfire Tiwa Diddle. Yay! Which is a uh, Lord Ruthven's Gossip Cup or Tiwa Diddle, a charming mix of ale, brandy, spices, and sugar, and dated London 1654. Oh, good! It's an old drink. Yeah, that means it's strong. <laughs> well, um, we imagine that this is an even older drink than the old gossip's brown, given above. And a, a Tiwa Diddle, what a name! What a name! The immortal Dr. Kitchener says, Before our readers make any remarks on this cos composition, we beg of them to taste it. If the materials are good and their palate vibrates in unison with our own, they will find it one of the pleasantest beverages they've ever put to their lips. Lord Rothbulvin says, In Experiments and Cookery, London 1654, this is a right gossip's cup that far exceeds the ale that Mother Brunch made in her lifetime. Again, some of this language is impenetrable. So here's the recipe. Well, luckily people come for the accents, so... And stay for the booze. <laughs> um, ale. One 12-ounce bottle or pint. 
Brandy, one tablespoon or a trifle more. Brown sugar, one teaspoon. Lemon curl, lim, lemon curl, lemon peel, one curl, yellow part only, which I realize I left in the other room, but it doesn't matter. <laughs> Ginger, one pinch and nutmeg a sprinkling. Mix all these and heat on a fire, but do not boil. This drink is a warmer of the heart and will be a neat one to produce some cold fall or winter afternoon or evening. Or morning. Winter ap <laughs> after morning. <laughs> or morning, yes. After, before a snapping wood fire. Where's the fire? Come on, Aaron. How do you imitate a fire? <laughs> I, I, I actually... I it's not hell. <laughs> I briefly got into, like, radio plays and stuff whenever I was in, like, in my, like, eight or nine years old. And I, uh, fire you can imitate by crinkling up uh, aluminum foil. Well, there it is. Whoop. <laughs> is, yes. how, is how Yoda would say All that. Right, you guys want to try this? All right, yes. cheers. All right, cheers. let's get this baby oh, going. We've dark. already wasted 30 minutes of life. Hey. No, <laughs> I don't like it. <laughs> it's not as good as the other ones. <laughs> it's not, but... But maybe if it were cold, no, the flavors... This needs to be, the flavors just... I need to get... The, this needs to get up to, like, uh, like hot tea level... In my in my opinion, even if yeah, I think it does. Yeah. I think it you needed it probably. It's like lukewarm it right now. Toddy, it needs to be toddy level. That being said, it's not as it's not as near as flavorful as like a toddy or something. This is there's a funky astringency at the end. I'm still gonna drink every last drop of it though, because <laughs> it's an alcohol drink in front of me. I mean, it, uh, you guys can just watch my faces as I. Uh, he does not uh, seem to care for it, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> you know what? We're gonna have some. Winners, we're going to have some losers. It's we're a big gonna, book. We're going to try Do you want to take a picture of this? <laughs> this terrible drink that you hate? <laughs> By the way, I need to try now. I need to find, now I need for you, I need to find the experiments, experiments in cookery, cookery book. book oh. From the 1600s. <laughs> <laughs> it it's just like, get a bunch of lamb blood. Yeah. All right. Thanks, Ryan. Thanks, All Ryan. Right. No, 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 I love, I love it, and and, and now I, I love the uh, the, the, the experimentalization. Thank you. Is that I'm, a word? I'm glad. I'm really, really happy you're putting this your, this book to practical use, and I'm involved. Yeah. No. And uh, yeah, Caleb got me this book for my birthday, and I there's a bunch of stuff in it I've always wanted to make, and so basically this this segment is just an excuse to make these drinks. Great. Hey, <laughs> moving right along, eh? All right, fine. <laughs> Banter <laughs> news. Dateline transform us. Good evening, Mr. and Mrs. America, and all the ships at sea. The Autopod Decepticast has news. Let's go to press. Guys, this seems like a, as good a time as any to announce that we're going to be in TFCon DC. Absolutely. Seeing as how it's this episode is airing on ten six nineteen. Is it? Yeah. Oh, you mean, wait, you mean this episode that yeah. we're reviewing aired on Tencent? No, this one. When is this coming out? Oh, I guess you're right. Yeah. Wow, it's almost October. Fucking Halloween, ladies and gentlemen, my fucking birthday month. Oh, man, that means I got to get a present going for you here. So, anyway, back to the point, we're doing a panel. Yep. And we're open up the damn thing. That's exciting. I can't... On I, Friday night, 8 o'clock. So if you are going to TFCon... In D.C. Show up on Friday, get your wristband, file into the room. There might be... I don't know. That it seems like there's always a podcaster's round table. Then there's going to be a little opening ceremony. And then it's us. And yeah. We'll have we're, about an hour of just amazing are entertainment. We the, are we the first panel of... We the, are. 
<laughs> we are right, official panel. We are right after uh, the opening ceremony, so it'll be like eight fifteen. Come on, on in, Friday man. night. This is exciting. We would definitely love your support at the show, so come on in. Hopefully, uh, you'll have a good time. You, there's no hopefully. You will have a good yeah, time. Yeah, can you give them a ta- just a taste of what we uh, might be doing on this panel? Well, go listen to episode 80 fucking 6 or whatever. It it's going to be a little bit like that. Similar. I can't remember. More voice actor trivia. Mm-hmm. Lots of giveaways. Mm-hmm. Uh, Different script deviations. Yes, exactly. It's and, you be know, just time. some of the fun analysis that we are known for about Transformers the movie. Mm-hmm. And I've heard rumors that other Hasbro properties cross over. Uh, of course you have. So Nobody's so, going to understand that. <laughs> I know, but that's how we're leaving them with a little tantalizing taste. <laughs> Great. Uh, so, okay, hey, you know what else happened? <laughs> what? This week. Uh, unfunny nerd tangent. Yeah. Uh, Caleb did a thing. Actually, that was a couple weeks ago. Yeah, yeah. I I, um, I was on there with uh, Mike Seibert and Greg from Unfunny Nerd Tangent, and we discussed Metallica. Mm-hmm. That was a good time. Yeah. I wonder if the toy company Mattel and Metallica have ever thought about it. I would not be surprised up. if Metallica has not sued Mattel for being <laughs> They are litigious. They, I, Metallica would sue just the property of metal in general. Just, <laughs> it's in our name. Yeah. So, anyway. It was a great time. It was a good time. Great guys. Uh, mm-hmm. Highly recommend uh, everyone listening to Unfunny Nerd Tangent and Mike Cyber Radio. Hi, I'm Mike Cyber. I talk about Metallica. <laughs> I couldn't resist. I, I haven't listened Mike. to it. Have you? Have you listened to your episode yet? Yeah, it's good. Were you? Were you good? Oh, I was great. Okay, good. <laughs> I nailed it. All right. Uh, yeah, and then uh, you guys did something. So also, Ryan and I did a thing, uh, Transformers Reanimated. So uh, that would be Greg from Unfunny Nerd Tangent mm-hmm. and Yoshi from Transmissions Podcast. Wrote a comic book script that they pitched to IDW. The content of that script is it's, it's they're basically connecting the... They're, they're bridging the worlds between season two of the animated series and the movie. So there's ten yes. years of time that's passed. What, you know, what, what happened? What went on? How did characters get introduced? Some would say 20. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> 20 <laughs> More years. More correctly. Uh, Ryan, did you have fun on that? Oh, it, actually, it was a blast. Like, uh, Yoshi and, and um, Greg, uh, you know, we read through the script. And uh, it was re- – I, I listened to the episode yesterday. Mm-hmm. It was actually really fun. I really yeah. enjoyed myself more than I thought I would. And just doing terrible, terrible impressions of a voice actor. <laughs> Josh paid for my house. <laughs> yes. The size of a tangerine. <laughs> There's a quick tangent about um, Michael, Michael Caine. Uh, and he was in some shitty movie. And, um, Are you talking about Jaws 4? Was it Jaws 4? Yeah, yeah, you yeah. haven't listened to the episode, have you? Because I mentioned that in the episode. Okay. Well, in, in Jaws 4, they, in an interview, they asked him if... Um, Did they ask him if, if he liked the movie? Because he, was, he missed getting an Oscar... During the because he was filming Jaws four and then he's like yeah but I built my fucking house didn't it yeah but it was the way he answered I'm, this great this fucking whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so go check out Transformers Reanimated <laughs> Transformers Reanimated dot com they publish scripts there monthly for mm-hmm. it so far they've got two up and they have two audio episodes if that is your preferred way to engage with that kind of content and it was it was pretty good it was a lot of fun go fun. listen to that 
Uh, and then final little bit of uh, news, and then we're going to get into some shout outs here. And just a reminder uh, to those who would love to support the Autopod Decepticast financially and spiritually <laughs> through a magical ritual known as the opening of the wallet. We are Give us money! <laughs> on Patreon. There are several tiers of support you can choose from based on how much you are down to clown with the various levels of APDC swag. Uh, speaking of which, we're about halfway to our first we goal, are. which is 20 five patrons upon which we'll unlock the APDC booty box Mm -hmm. and we'll be uh, you know I think at the five dollar plus tier they'll be getting that annually get a bunch of stickers prints get a bunch of shit good shit yeah. Um, so uh, check us out at patreon.com slash autopod decepticast apoddcast slash (laughs) I'm never gonna get that right (laughs) nope (laughs) patreon.com slash apoddcast there you go I'm going to throw a wrench in this real quick. Oh. So oh. what I was trying to say is they interviewed him and they asked Michael King if he's seen the movie. And he oh. says, I have not, but I've seen the house that it's built ah. and it's terrific. <laughs> That's what <he laughs> Thank said. you. Thank you for nailing right. that down. Yeah. Woo! Yeah. So right. all of you who were really afraid that we weren't going to address that, <laughs> Caleb did it. Oh, no, it's over with. We can, sorry. <laughs> I just showed him this tweet where I referred to exactly he the did line that. <laughs> he's talking yeah. about. <laughs> Fuck. All right. All right. So, speaking of Patreon, mm-hmm. I think it's time to fulfill our obligation to shout out the newest patrons who, by giving, contribute to the fun and community of Autopod Decepticast. These patrons' names, as all patrons, are going to be digitally carved in the t- in the electronic marble walls of the APDC Hall of Heroes. I also want to put them all uh, tattoo on my dick. Oh. <laughs> oh, wow. It only fits one. So, unfortunately, it goes down my leg. They can, they can get microscopic with that. Ah, that's pa- perfect. Pa- patrons with short names only, please. <laughs> we'll, just, we'll do nicknames. <laughs> Initials, really. Just one letter. Like a monogram. Uh, our first shout out here, and that is at Somerset Sows, a.k.a. at Screams at Stars, a.k.a. Bono, fantastic seamstress, craftsperson, cosplay artist, Furby aficionado. I want one of those long Furbies. Uh, My recommendation is that you stop whatever it is you're doing right now. Go to somersetsos.com. S-E-W-S. And uh, be amazed and inspired by the work. And if you're in the market, commission yourself some stuff. It's good stuff. Yeah, she's great. Outstanding cosplay. Oh, it's amazing. And uh, really great long Furbies. Mm -hmm. I really, really, I'm really thinking I'm going to get one for myself for Christmas this year. Why don't we get one for each of us? We could draw names it's out not of that. I really who, think who, I'm going to just get one for? focus on getting myself. Okay. <laughs> Stop making it about you, Aaron. Uh, so follow Bono at Screams at Stars and at Somerset Sows, S-E-W-S. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's on Twitter and Instagram. I think you can uh, you can find those good. So thank you very much. And yes. next, we're going to talk about Michael. That's not a mic. This is a mic. Trimblet. This is our good friend from the the upside-down world of Australia who advised us the correct way to consume Vegemite Mm. is to first butter your toast, smother it, and then apply a thin spread of Vegemite. No butter or too much Vegemite 
results in a yeasty taste. We need to get some. Want. Have you ever had Vegemite, Ryan? No, mm-hmm. we need to get some and Veg- try it. I think the correct way to consume it, from what I've heard, is to throw it away. <laughs> <laughs> Your garbage can consumes it. Mm-hmm. Michael actually has uh, provided us with the fodder for a game that I think we're going to save for next episode, because mm-hmm. this one's running long, in which he's going to challenge us to pronounce some Australian words. I'm up to it. That'll be fun. Caleb looks very I excited, seen, actually. His eyes have so seen, much fire. I've on. seen Road Warrior enough times that I think I can <laughs> Speak in a very um, convincing, and, ap- 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 apocalyptic Australian accent. Oh, I'm looking forward to this. Eating dog food, and yeah. I haven't Dinky uh, day. seen this at all. So I'm just gonna be I'm gonna be all all American about it. Thank you, Michael, and uh, hopefully someday soon we'll all get to hang a have a beery and breaky down. It's a, Bre- down some tinnies Brecky. together. Yeah. All right. And, uh, <laughs> I've already failed the game that I'm <laughs> championing. Or we'll get a burger together at Hungry Jack's and douse it with tomato sauce. From what I understand, uh, we would also duck and cover from plovers that run around. <laughs> oh, man. After Lord. being with Greg uh, on the Metallica thing, he oh. was like, uh, there's a plover stuck in a drain, and the fire department's trying to get it out. And he's, he's like... Uh, this is happening at his house? Uh, next door. He okay. was like, fuck that plover. Plover swooped you like a dickhead, he said. I don't understand <laughs> the hatred of the, he's like, these birds. Fuck that. He said, fuck that. Because I told him that uh, September 16th was National uh, was National Australian Plover Awareness Day. And he's like, fuck that. They build their nests on the ground and then they swoop you like a dickhead. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. I saw that on Twitter. <laughs> but, like, they're just fucking birds, dude. Why are you so mad? <laughs> oh, I don't know. I haven't experienced it, so I'll have to hold my judgment for when we all go to Australia for yep. Autopod Decepticast Australia tour. Yeah. Down, right. The down under. Yeah, oh boy. Uh, thank, right. thank you, Michael, Mr. Turnblit, who also, yes, by the way, uh, took one of the cocktails and mm-hmm. served it at a dinner party recently. Check that out yeah. on Facebook, which, yeah. Which, which, uh, really which awesome. dinner party, or I'm sorry, which cocktail was that? Which dinner party? It was, was the was Chip it? Chase Creole Fizz. <sighs> so cool. That, that probably is my favorite one so far. This yeah. One in my hand. Unfortunately, the first one. <laughs> it's all been downhill from there. <laughs> Uh, okay. So, let's get into the episode, but first we'll kick it off with a recap of the last episode. Prime almost died while Bumblebee and his crew were almost fried, but Chip Chase's (laughs) chance of cosmetronic courage triggered the troops troubleshooting Chutzpah. Prime's life is saved, Megs will live to fight another day. Meanwhile, what are the Duke boys up to? (laughs) (laughs) Well, right now they're in a whole mess of trouble. Right now they're stuck in a drain with a plover. (laughs) Fuck them plovers. (laughs) Fuck them plovers. They die, Bobby. (laughs) Anyway. So that brings us to episode 7, Fire in the Sky, originally broadcast December 8th, 1984. Actually, the seventh episode produced... Uh, eighth aired. I guess yeah. we're doing this in episode in order of production. This is the first one where we are reviewing like kind of out of order because this is the the, the next episode airs aired before the one we're doing now. Honestly, but this I wonder is the, why that happened. I don't know. I don't know. Whatever. All right. I didn't even look into it. <laughs> no, I wouldn't. It's probably not important. Who probably cares? Not, Who probably, the fuck cares? Not, maybe maybe sure. they're airing it close to National Plover Awareness Day, and so they wanted <laughs> a bird-like I, We could only character. hope it would be that interesting, but it was probably just like, what? Just, it's somebody fucked up. Yeah. The reel got misplaced. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We open up on Autobot headquarters. Yeah, right away. Oh, you have a different version. Because the one I watched, uh, the snow falls upwards. What? Oh, really? Yeah. 
the one you watched online is probably uh, there are some differences, and we might even see those in this in the upcoming SOS Dinobots. Yes, because there's uh, a part where the where they are supposed to destroy spoiled. those rocks. Yes. Okay. Yes. All right. All right. All right. <laughs> okay. So, so you. Uh, so this is so what we're this watching. This is the snow falling down version. This is the snow falling down version. I should say that Ryan, the group, the team, and I, we kind of flip back and forth between two versions. One is. Uh, uh, it's I, I want to say it's a shout release. I can't quite remember off the top of my head, I but it's the right. it's the Matrix. It's the Matrix of Leadership version. You guys, Caleb and Ryan, actually bought it for me for my birthday uh, ten years ago or something yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. It, the box is a Matrix of Leadership. You oh, pull it open and and it's got all the seasons. Uh, on the inside. Right. And so that's the version that I have. You guys have been watching on Tubi TV. Yes. yes. yes and I think that I has a different... I think it's the print. Rhino, right? Maybe. Okay. Maybe All I'm right. wrong. But I think it, it it is a different release, yes. that, 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 that There's a lot of technical differences to How it. How would you correct something like that? Is How it, would that even happen to be? I don't know. Did, did I mean, they, I guess you'd have to go back and redo it. It's like it's like the it's like you know you'd redo the master tapes, but in this it's like can you somehow lift the snow out and make it go the different like I don't know how that works. I don't either because in the next one SOS Dinobots, which we'll do, I mean, in the next episode, yeah, there's a literal scene that is very different. <laughs> like there's just a part of the of the foreground that doesn't. Move in this. In, in, I in, want in, to in, know how this works. Yeah. <laughs> so if you didn't pick up, we opened up on a snowy landscape. Thank you. Yeah. Here, in my version that we're watching right now, the snow is falling down. In Ryan's version, it falls up. And then we have this giant snowman. Yeah. We pan across the scene to see that we're in front. By the way, we're in front of the Autobot headquarters. There's a giant snow structure, some thirty oh. feet tall. Smike, 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 Smike walks up to it. In a very kicky outfit. I like yeah, his outfit. Nice. That's the biggest snowman I ever saw. He's not Southern. Wow, that's the biggest snowman I ever saw. <laughs> not snowman, Spike. Snowbot. Also, spoiler, real quick, we realized the snowman is Jazz, which leads me to one of two conclusions... <laughs> Jazz stood in one place until completely covered in snow. Right. Or the Autobots covered him in snow for the purpose of a joke that doesn't even really work <laughs> no, or mean I, anything. I want to think that Jazz stood there waiting for the joke to happen. Well, uh, either way, this is why the Decepticons are better. Yeah, that's <laughs> so the joke being that while Spike approaches the giant snowman that we presume he thinks is a real snowman... <laughs> We hear we hear the sound of chuckles and 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 uh, a shake off. Uh, an avalanche of snow lands on Spike, and we realize that this is a snowman. Why <laughs> it's Jazz yeah. playing some kind of prank? Yeah. <laughs> Just to be clear, the Decepticons are busy taking care of world domination. The Autobots are preventing that by standing outside and letting the snow collect on them till they're completely covered. Yeah. Yeah. And and uh well and which is more concerning because because well we know that the snow is happening. Yeah. There should not be snow. Everybody Right. It's a little bit cart before the horse, but everybody is very slow on the uptake of this climate situation. It's it's revealed. They seem real cash. It, it's revealed in a, in an upcoming line. Spike is like, uh, you know, this is crazy. <laughs> All this snow is happening in July. Yeah, it's July. July. <laughs> it's really fucking concerning. It's like the more I saw this and because I've never seen, warning, I've, never, huh? I've seen this in years. I was like, oh fuck, these guys are fucking. Idiots. Idiots. <laughs> like, they don't need fun. 
Protect our world. They can have all the fun they want, but there's a few, there's some problematic things going on. Yes. There's a couple of weird things here. There's a weird laugh track that sounds like five or six people laughing. And and it's just really confusing because it hasn't, it it isn't indicated that there's any other Autobots present yet. And then Jazz all of a sudden takes on Cliff Jumper's voice uh, at a different point (laughs) in time. But, but, but it turns out that Jazz is the true mark of this little flim flam because uh, we will, we'll see that Bumblebee, and uh, Hound, Ratchet, and Cliff Jumper—they're all ready at the aim mm-hmm. with uh, with uh, snowballs that they throw at Jazz, and Jazz then dodges those snowballs. Uh, but the, the snowballs hit some rocks, and the vibrations from them create a small avalanche that falls on him. Oh God, it's so silly! It's so silly. I know. I need to go back to the, tell myself, like you know, my ten-year-old, eight-year-old self, uh, six-year-old self. This was this was what I wanted to see. <laughs> you know, so I get it, but at the same time, it is yes. This whole like opening sequence, the first few minutes is very like for kids, I think. And then well, fucking the whole thing is for kids. <laughs> well, it's true, but like the, in particular, <laughs> the, silliness. Right. the silliness, the silliness, yeah. yeah. And then B Bumble, takes yeah. fucking Spike's head off. <laughs> well, that, yeah, that's so, a bit extreme. So B is getting ready to throw something, uh, a snowball at Ratchet. But but Spike kind of stools on him, and for uh, for ratting him out, Bumblebee throws a snowball at Spike, which nails him in the fucking face. It's a giant snowball. <laughs> it's so it takes hard. him out backwards. He's just it would it would break your nose or your neck right off the bat. But not only that, it knocks him down a hill. I love it. In a, and creates a very comical uh, snowball effect that consumes all the rest of the Autobots as they collide into oh. each other and get to the bottom of the hill. And it doesn't stop until they hit some plant uh-huh. debris. It's so silly. I'll have and to say, the animation, pretty good. In the yeah, snowball this snowball, like Spike starts rolling down a hill and becomes a snowball, which picks up Ratchet, Cliffjumper, and Hound, and then Cliffjumper eventually hits a tree, and then Hound hits a cactus. <laughs> and that's when we remember, oh yeah, these guys are in this weird landscape that mm-hmm. is both a uh, forest of the Pacific Northwest and also and a desert. desert. Yes, yes. <laughs> and and, that is, and it, that, that's at the point where... Um, Spike is like, I can't believe I'm in a snowball fight in July in mm-hmm. the middle of the desert. And, uh, and he's like, it's amazing. And then that's when we <laughs> click to Optimus Prime, who's watching all this through a monitor on Teletran 1. And he says, Amazing! And perhaps dangerous. Perhaps. No shit, Sherlock. (laughs) Well, yeah, and then Teletran 1 says global temperatures now 40 degrees below normal, Mm -hmm. which is... And falling rapidly. That's that's insane. It is very insane. And I understand, like, not to do all the science thing, but not even 40 degrees below normal average, which would mean... It means the global temperatures everywhere dropped 40 degrees, which is crazy. <laughs> like, the, yeah. the also... Well, the, some might have done more and some might have done less, but overall 40 is a big deal. I will say... If it gonna, doesn't say average, though. Yeah, Teletrend 1 doesn't say average. I thought he did. I have the... He said 40 degrees below the global average. Temperatures now 40 degrees below normal and falling rapidly. Entire planet freezing. And falling I, rapidly. Obviously for the purposes Maybe. of writing the show, if they would have said that the temperatures dropped like 
two degrees. Right. That's like a no kids gonna be like. It's true. It's that's true. Tuesday to Wednesday. Yeah, it's true. Because yeah. my kid, my kids talk about like you know, infinity. Like this is infinity crazy. You know, right. they, their their numbers are like right. But astro- to Ryan's, they point, talk about astroseconds. To Ryan's you know. point, though, <laughs> you and to what we were saying earlier, any amount that seems like, let's say 10 degrees less or 20 degrees less you start to notice this cooling that fast you're going to start to get suspicious pretty quickly and not wait around for to do snowball fights to start deciding that there's some nefarious things well, happening yeah out. and That's also true. it, it <laughs> i do like those snowball fights though <laughs> <laughs> well yeah but also for reality like the difference between now and the last ice age which technically we're still in but i won't get into it um is about six degrees the difference in average temperature so this is crazy. This, this crazy, is y'all. Crazy. <laughs> but the other thing about this is the hypothesis that Teletran 1 puts out there, and I'm sure, Ryan, you'll have something to say about this. They're, they're saying that it's they can tell somehow or another it's, it's due, it's not like global warming or the effects of global warming. It's that the Earth's core is, the energy Ugh. from the Earth's core is draining away. Yes. I assume if our core cooled, our magnetic field would dissipate. Our atmosphere would vanish. There'd be no snow at all. It'd just be a bunch of dead bodies on a rock. Well, the, I the, think the, I the Autobots a... would be okay because they don't. <laughs> I guess them. yeah, the Autobots would be okay. They'd be having snowball fights. Yeah, I'd be around and going like, "Where's Spike?" Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I think I have a whole thing about that later. But yes, if if our core, the core has nothing to do with the temperature of the of the Earth. It's all the sun. And so, if our core cooled, yes, you're right. We would lose our magnetosphere, which basically would mean we'd lose our ionosphere, which means we all the radiation from the sun would kill everything. Right. Essentially, this would be a, just a roasted, dry yeah. rock like Mars. <sighs> That's basically what happened to Mars. Well, guess what? Um, the, the Gears thinks the Decepticons are behind it, and, get, and, and he's fucking right. Uh, surprise! And, it, and so we <laughs> we transition to a scene where I guess we're in the Arctic, and some freaky green crystal just explodes out of the yeah. out of the surface, it's like the red rubies. This is like a, a green. This is so like, weird. Like the, I do not understand like how draining a. It's like we're getting the energy from the the core of the Earth. Yeah. I don't get it. So what's happening is you've got Skywarp and some reflectors. They are uh, they're building these underground tunnels, and they're using the uh, time honored Decepticon tactic of just of just jamming a hose onto whatever it is <laughs> that emits energy. energy. Yeah, and we're draining the energy of the Earth through kryptonite. <laughs> And they're capturing it in Ooh. in energon cubes. It is ultimately. It looks like kryptonite. It's kryptonite. <laughs> and okay. and so I don't. Maybe we'll get into it as the episode progresses. But I guess supposedly these green crystals are somehow connected to the Earth's core, I, and that's how they uh, are able to get that, energy. Sure. That's another thing I don't get. Like, just tap into the Earth's core. Why do we gotta bring fucking crystals into it? Well, just, it, looks like, it looks like they can plug in anything. They might just, just plug into the ground. Well, just plug <laughs> yeah, it into the magma in. of the Earth's core. Like, I don't understand why we have to have this second step of a crystal that doesn't exist. Like, you just guys, put it in the core. You guys don't believe in <laughs> crystals? Green, green earth <laughs> core crystals? <laughs> It's like the Dark Knight Rises, that fucking movie where it's like, why does why 
Why do you okay. have to? Well, we just tapped a vein here, didn't we? I just don't understand why it has to be so complicated. We tapped the vein with a green crystal. Yeah. Why does it have to be so complicated? I mean, why do you have to make concrete that is like nuclear or whatever? Just make it a bomb. Why does it have to be so complicated? I don't like those movies. <laughs> okay. Well, Skywarp says that, that soon hundreds of Energon cubes will be filled to capacity, which I thought was a curious number to choose. Like, hundreds. why hundreds? It's like I don't know anything about the purity of energon or mm-hmm. like what they, have said, how it yields. We should have said it. astro hundreds. <laughs> yeah, at least done that astro hundreds. Absolutely. Or why sense. not thousands or millions? I don't know. But um, for yeah, just it just seems like a race that is so prone to use billions in its <laughs> measurement systems that hundreds felt a little weird. Um, so Starscream is actually he here's he breaks down the intricate plot on how they're going to get these cubes. Um, so yes, as we were saying, it turns out the, these wacky crystals are connected to the Earth's core, and as Optimus suggested, they're all going to suck it dry. <laughs> just isolate just, that phrase it's like those movies I watch Rumble oh and Skywarp are fucking with each other as part of the fun um, Rumble unleashes an earthquake that nearly caves in the mine however they also accidentally reveal something shiny and metal mm-hmm. protruding through the icy walls so shiny um, so a bit more excavation reveals an R-O-U-S that's a robot of unknown classification <laughs> I don't believe they exist <laughs> Perfect. And they continue to dig. Megatron is uh, very excited and ready to put this mech into action. Mm-hmm. It is weird whenever it's stuck in the ice. There's just this weird hunk of metal. Yeah. It just it doesn't look like anything. There's Megatron. He loves it. Let's do this. <laughs> he loves it. He yeah. loves it. Oh, excellent. I love it. <laughs> we transition back to the Autobots. With all the personality of a rice cake, Teletran 1 explains that the, <laughs> the, 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 there's shit going down at the Arctic Circle. Abnormally large energy expenditure in the Arctic Circle. They send a Sky Spy, mm-hmm. which passes by the green crystal, which is the you know the source of the problem. I do love that Spike's uh, glove has fingernails. <laughs> it's a little fun animation error. That's a problem. <laughs> so Jazz suggests that this green crystal might be a natural phenomenon, but uh, Teletran one very aggressively butts Not in. Not having it. He's <laughs> like, no, it is Decepticons. And, uh, of course, Prime is like, uh, we got to stop this shit. And he is very serious. And he gives his first iconic yes! command. Finally, yes. we get the line. He says, Autobots, transform and roll out. I love where you paused it, though. Oh, you started it. But we saw Ironhide and Hound with their legs sticking out with it in transform. That looks terrible. In fact, they look terrible right now. Ironhide just looks like a brick. Yes. <laughs> Anywho, yeah, we finally get the iconic line, transform. Jazz, Jazz, Ironhide, Hound, and of course, Spike and Sparkplug. Because uh, they, they're needed. They've got to teach them about Earth. <laughs> and they go. So um, I think that the first lesson that Spike and Sparkplug should have taught these guys is that they should they should fucking fly to... Uh, <clears throat> or get snow honestly. tires, at least. Uh, because yeah. they're going to drive all the way from wherever they are. We assume the Pacific <laughs> All the way to the North Pole. All the way to the North Pole. The, uh, the, most people fly. Most people go... You can go to Canada, to Denmark, or Borneo. and, uh, and Borneo? Borneo to, by helicopter. Oh. 
Wait a minute. Let's do it. You can go from Borneo to the North Pole by helicopter. Yeah. That does not make sense. Why not? Is it Borneo in South America? No, Borneo is an island in the in like like Southeast Asia. It's a Russian. It's a Russian. Well, that's Barneo. That's not Borneo. (laughs) (laughs) There's an A in there. You want to take that again? Nope. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Barneo is what I meant. Caleb and I one day are going to take a a trip on a uh, a Russian merchant vessel. Yes, yes, we're gonna go on like a like a. Forty-five day tour yeah, around the world. Yep, we're going to see all the greatest sea, all the greatest seaports around mm-hmm. the world. Yeah, you can go on merchant like merchant yeah. ships. Yeah, we're going to do it. Do you want to do it with us? When are you doing it? I don't know. Tomorrow. Hey, 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 hey. Let's. let's oh, don't try. extend the <laughs> invite. Oh wow. Huh. I understand, but still, it hurts. <laughs> At five minutes twenty-one seconds, not to be childish, but it definitely sounds like Spike says. Arctic Circle, here we come. Our Dick Circle, here we come. Which is, he says Arctic Circle, yeah. here we come. But it sounds oh, like our Dick Circle. It, it sounds like, like our Dick Circle. Of course it would sound He's looking like forward to, to, to go into one of those Barneo glory holes. Yeah, he's just going to be like cocks everywhere, like jerking them off. I kind of changed my mind about going on a public <laughs> for an extended amount of time. Well, maybe you'll get jerked off. Yeah. <laughs> if I'm, I get tired. That's what I'm talking about. If you get tired. <laughs> I don't know why I'm tired. When I'm tired, I just love to jerk everything. I just put so many dicks in my face. Oh, God. (laughs) This episode is going nowhere fast. (laughs) Back to the Decepticons. The robotic giant is almost entirely unearthed at this point. Starscream commands 50,000 volts to activate his memory monitor. And when that doesn't work, he makes the universal leap to to, to 1 million (laughs) volts. So many volts. (laughs) And uh, I like how the machine that Soundwave is using isn't working, but he but he somehow has the ability to produce that a kind of energy, skill. turning his arm into a concrete mixer. Yeah, 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 yeah. He turns it into some weird. Cylinder. I'm amazed. Yeah, it's weird. I've never. I mean, it's again. These guys have a lot of amazing abilities that they only use once or twice. I, also, <laughs> it just kind of blows up. Sandwave shoots uh, uh, Skyfire with the uh, whatever that Volt gun is, but then when he's done with it, after it doesn't work, he just lets go of it and it floats away like it has a balloon <laughs> like attached helium. to it. Yes, yes. <laughs> so this time a million volts. Yeah. So he hits him with the million volts. It's weird. It turns out that Starscream knew this tragic creature, Skyfire. Honestly, this is where the episode for it, for me gets really good. Like I really like this episode. I've never heard Starscream talk like this. Very like I actually sympathize with them. Like when he yes. talks about the past, yes. I'm like, oh, he sounds like a reasonable person here. Yes, that that's that's my whole thing. Is like this is what it really grounds Starscream. It gives him a backstory. It makes him like personable and like honestly it really like expands the character for me yeah but, but it's sad that he he becomes such a shallow such a shithead yeah, yeah. yeah all we yeah. really hear from starscream up to this point is like sass 
or just ridiculous. But, but I don't think we ever hear this side of him ever again. Yeah, you may not. No. I can't. I can't recall. I mean, he does at some point. He gets uh, kind of tossed out of the Decepticons. He goes to Cybertron and he creates the Combaticons. So maybe there's some more deeper mm. exposition. But it is cool to like. You just never even hear. <laughs> yes, he speaks with a sensitive tone. Here. Yes, like, you he know, changes his whole personality. Uh, changes. He does seem like he really is. I knew like, him. Megatron. A friend. Like he really him. loves. Yes. Like like fucking Scott. Like yeah. You really, yeah. yeah so but, to that, the story is is that uh, these two were homies back mm-hmm. in Cybertron millions of years ago, and um, and they're trying to get this to come up on his memory monitor, which is basically a screen in Skyfire's <laughs> forehead. Yes. But it, but it turns out that before this war kicked off, they were space explorers, and they've actually were exploring Earth. They've and let's just Earth. pretend like Starscream's Earth mode doesn't exist. <laughs> right. He's yeah. Not in Tetra yeah. He, he's not in his Cybertronian mode. He. <laughs> is a, a, an F-14, whatever the hell he is, uh, 80s contemporary jet fighter. And anyway, they went in close to, to get the 411 Earth. Was, it was looked like Ice Age Earth. And they get caught up in a polar windstorm. They get separated. Starscream lost touch. And I guess just said, like, fuck it, well, whatever. Not, I mean, not really. He does uh, sound sympathy. He just said he tried to look for him. And he says he's... Him. I circled half the globe searching for him, but he was gone. And now, like so circled that other half. He really, <laughs> well, so he really tried to find him. Like he really cared for him. Like, yeah, nope, it is apparent that he did. And uh, so at this point, Skyfire wakes up. And it, it turns out that being frozen in ice for millions of years will give you a giant case of what the fucks. Yeah. I'm sure. Also, I don't feel like Megatron and Starscream are that adversarial in this episode. They seem like kind of simpatico. Well, yeah, because Starscream isn't constantly talking about how he should be the leader <laughs> yeah. up until the end. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. It, it really makes Starscream seem more like a a, a multifaceted, interesting character yeah. to me. And then they quickly take that away. Yeah, they do. <laughs> Spoiler. I wonder why they chose Starscream as the person. I'm glad they did. To, it's uh, true. It's like, compelling. yeah, he's the first one to get an origin story. I mean, it's uh, compelling. We get Prime and Omega Supreme later, but like, yeah, he's the first one that gets I, an origin. I think story. he's a good choice if you're going to have someone like. Uh, um, Skyfire. If you have a character like Skyfire that, you know, if you're going to have him get betrayed by somebody, it's got to be somebody that is already sure. a, a bad, piece of shit. Has, has piece that, of shit. Those tendencies. Yeah, he's going to be the I'm with him. So Skyfire wakes up, and after a whole lot of like, whoa, who, where am I? Uh, Starscream Skyfire. gives him the skinny, and uh, Megatron steps right up to assert Skyfire's allegiance, and they they set up the goals. Uh, quite honestly, they're here for energy, and they're going to conquer the universe and fuck up Autobots. That's what they're. Okay. That's, that's, that's what we're doing, Skyfire. You're yeah, on board. I feel like Skyfire might be kind of simple. <laughs> it is a Greg Berger voice. So maybe that's what he specializes in. <laughs> I just Skyfire doesn't for a scientist, seem he does, all that bright. Yeah, no, it is weird for somebody that is a scientist explorer. Mm-hmm. He he's kind of slow, but maybe that's the frozen maybe action on his brain. <laughs> frozen fire, fire, frozen. Uh, he can speak in complete sentences, just very slowly. <laughs> right. He's just he's just incredibly naive. Maybe sure. maybe he's just like it's before the war though. He didn't maybe he didn't realize there was He's a so innocent. Yes, that's that's the yes, maybe. Just, maybe. That's true. It is before the war. He has no context, so maybe he's yes, just innocent. 
I truly, you can truly believe that he's an Autobot just by how like innocent, moronic that he is. <laughs> <laughs> also, He'd be playing in the snow too with him. Yeah. I do. We just saw the Autobots arrive in the North Pole, mm-hmm. but like, why are Spike and Smartplug here? What are they doing? I know later. I know why they're here, but like, it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Their role, as described, I believe, in episode one or two, is to stick around and make sure the Autobots know what they need to know about Earth. So yeah. apparently, they're like, the North Pole is cold. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Things like that. The, the, <laughs> so they're they're they've made their way somewhat north north enough, and uh, they're up driving upon the aurora borealis, which Prime says is very pleasing by optic sensors. And we cut immediately right back to the Decepticons, and it's mm-hmm. official. Uh, Rush week is over, and Skyfire is now Alpha Delta Decepticon. Yes, he mm-hmm. is. And he his equivalent of getting his uh, frat letters tattooed on his ankle mm-hmm. is getting that beautiful Decepticon mm-hmm. logo screen printed right on his chest. That's good. So he's ready to go. <laughs> Skyfire what is... What are we at here? 8.33. Okay. I was just going to say, like... <laughs> Coming up in just a second, Skyfire asks if Starscream is happier being a warrior than a scientist, Mm -hmm. which actually, I mean, not to beleaguer the point, but it it does make Starscream really interesting as a character, and I I just, like, he just turned his back on being a scientist and was like, I I fucking kill people now. Right. Yeah, Skyfire is immediately kind of wary of the cause, to your mm-hmm. point. he He's expressing some kind of ambivalence. And uh, I would say that, uh, you know, I guess help if, if you're really trying to get into it deeply, it helps kind of understand what Starscream's main motivation is power. And I True. guess being a scientist explorer doesn't get you there, but being a warrior can get you there. And so that, yeah. hey, right. look at me, fucking psychologist here. No, Star- no, I totally agree with you. Yeah, yeah. The uh, before we wrap up this scene, as they're finishing their conversation, Starscream also says that when he's in charge, Old Jetfire will be second in command. His Captain Hook. <laughs> yeah, great. Uh, Anybody go? Have you watched the movie Hook recently? I have never watched the movie. Hook. What? Never. It's a good movie. Is it? Is yes. it? Mm. I like it. Oh, it's a movie. But what, why'd you bring it up? I just, I don't know, because it's a divisive movie. It's yeah. it's one where people Apparently, like, this room is love divided. it. Apparently. Yeah, obviously, even people either love it or hate it. It's For me, I guess I'm middle ground, because I'm like, mm. well, I guess I do hate it. <laughs> Never mind. To say. What do you hate about it, specifically? It's fucking stupid. <laughs> <Yes>. Very articulate. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, okay. I can just see Ryan saying, well, hey, hey. We can't fly. <laughs> what's, a, what's a pirate ship doing there? What? Come on. Come on, Dustin Hoffman. That mustache is ludicrous. Yeah. Dustin Hoffman, honestly, though, is, like, if you watch it for anything, Dustin Hoffman's performance as Captain Hook is amazing. Like, really? it's great. Not Julia Roberts as Tinkerbell? So, Skyfire is on guard <laughs> duty. He sees the Earth-type vehicles approaching, and he says to himself that... It seems the time has come for me to make the change from science to war. Maybe. And then he does. The Autobots <laughs> approach and transform, recognizing the name of his supposed enemy. Uh, Skyfire aims his rifle and vocalizes his intent to destroy. There is a bit of a giveaway as to Skyfire's allegiance because his eyes are blue. 
Like the Autobots all have blue eyes, and uh, Decepticons all have red eyes. Sure. Fucking spoilers. Well, okay. <laughs> sorry, <laughs> sorry, sorry. <laughs> um, also, he's his, his size is really, really yeah. D- they jump around, and then eventually they just start uh, coloring his Decepticon logo as red. <laughs> it it right. is his this symbol goes crazy a yeah. bunch of times. So um, we go to commercial at this point and come back. And I, I forgot to mention, actually, when watch watch Spike and Spark plug as uh, Optimus Prime transforms here. Okay. For fun. <laughs> <laughs> they just bail anyway. out. <laughs> yeah, they're just almost thrown from the cab. So uh, Skyfire at this point is blasting away at the Autobots and... Boy, is he powerful. Mm-hmm. And the, the battle creates cracks in the ice. Spike falls into the freezing water. Mm-hmm. Sparkplug saves him. Look out for hypothermia. Uh, Spike <laughs> wants to try and jump back to land, but the gap is too large. They are stranded on an island of ice, surrounded by this frozen ocean. The Autobots uh, must save them, but they can't because they're pinned down by Skyfire. So the humans here are screaming for help. Uh, Skyfire at this point hears their screams. His uh, kind of investigative instincts take over. He walks over to the humans. He plucks them from the island. He tells the humans that he means them no harm. But Spike and Sparkplug aren't buying it uh, because the symbol on his chest yep. tells them that right. he's a bad guy. Yeah. He's convinced. Skyfire's convinced the humans are all mixed up uh, about the intentions of the Decepticons. And so he's like, I'm going to take you to Megatron. And, uh, <laughs> I'll prove that they're he'll not show, evil. I'll <laughs> show you that everything's okay. Uh, as Skyfire walks by uh, Optimus. Prime and the team, or some of them are kind of antsy to blast them now. They've got a clear shot, but Prime is like, stand down. There's humans there. Yep. You know, you gotta keep them from from uh, from getting hurt. His uh, at this a couple of scenes here, he, the gun that he's using is not. His, it changes a G1 gun. It's that's his. That's the Robotech version of mm-hmm. the gun from when he was a different character, or different design altogether. It switches because also we now see the the, the, the two barrel one. Like right. there's a one barrel one and a two barrel gun that yeah, it switches back and forth. Because uh, as I talk about later, there this character doesn't show up a lot in the show because he, there are some legal issues. Hmm. Yeah, there's. Uh, I tell me more. I'm I don't know to what degree you're getting into it, but I know that there's at least two. Um, uh, what is it? Transformers: The Basics and Rodimus Prime will both have great uh, play-by-plays on the what's the legal deal with Skyfire, Jetfire. But the basics of it are is that has it, the toy itself is Bandai and it's used mm-hmm. for like the Robotech series and. Um, all that you know that's a Japanese series but Hasbro acquired the license to the toy in the United States of America to sell under the Transformers line mm-hmm. so uh, but Takara in Japan could never get acquire that license because Robotech was big in yes. Japan they weren't going to be like right. just doling it out so eventually Robotech made its way to the United States and there were just plenty like plenty of legal issues mm-hmm. and it just became easier at the end of the day to just pretend like Skyfire didn't even exist, yes. but they changed the design of the character based on the fact that um, in Japan they were never going to be able to actually use that design for the cartoon. So that's why the character looks so different from the toy. Yep. Uh, but eventually there were pl- lots of lawsuits over the rights of the character, even in the United States, and they, yeah, they basically like, said, fuck it. <laughs> I think Maycross Super Valkyrie was the yeah. toy that became J- Jetfire, mm-hmm. but yeah, essentially, like. 
in Japan, they didn't have the rights to show it. Gotcha. I understand. So, yeah. Okay. That's the long and short. Which is a shame because everybody fucking loved the character. Yeah, <laughs> he's, he's awesome. badass. Yeah, he's cool. <laughs> also, I I think Aaron, didn't you have the Japanese version or the not Skyfire version, but like the 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 Robotech version of of Skyfire? No, I I think I had what I had was the actual Jetfire, and that's the other thing in the show they call him Skyfire. On the toy is called Jetfire. Yes. And uh, I can't remember what it is in the comic, but they changed the name. I don't know what the name has to do with it at all. I, they, but they changed the name right. for legal reasons, but I don't even understand why that's relevant. But it's also confusing. You're not calling him Super Macross, Sky, whatever. I looked into it, and like the, I looked into it, and like, yeah, it's very confusing as to why, because it's not necessarily, it's just like not clear why any of this happened but yeah i'm sure there's a lot of translation error in those <laughs> battles sure well. yeah yeah absolutely okay so skyfire still innocent sweet ticks the humans to megatron who of course treats them as leverage against the autobots he commands spike and spark plug to be imprisoned uh, they're positioned in a corner of the icy cavern that they're in and starscream fires his null rays over their head with such control that he's able to melt the ice and, and create these yeah. perfect stalactites of icy jail bars it's a jail. that they can <laughs> also, actually sneak through this is the point where skyfire is so crazy changeable in size like he is looking through the cave the yeah. cavern entrance which would make his face the size of megatron's body so yeah he's looking through a cavern entrance that your standard largish size transformers can fit in starscream and megatron but he can only basically stick his face in the hole which would also mean because the entrance to the cave is on the ground that he's laying on the ground <laughs> on his belly and sticking his head in the hole of the cavern so, you know, Skyfire is disappointed because he told the humans they wouldn't be harmed. But Megatron explains that, Skyfire, you've overstepped your bounds, buddy. Mm -hmm. And the humans are our enemies. The Autobots are our enemies. An argument breaks out over the value of these Earth creatures. Skyfire calls Spike and Sparkplug his friends, which that's a little presumptuous. <laughs> but Skyfire thinks to himself that this isn't in alignment with his purpose mm -hmm. to further science. I think we He's know where this scientist, is going. He's a scientist, not an executioner. That's right. So the Autobots, they're outside the cave entrance. By the way, where's Skyfire? <laughs> Shouldn't his body be dangling outside the cave entrance there? I guess there's multiple entrances to this to this icy cave. But uh, they uh, their command is to move in quickly, secure their position. A handful of Autobots, including Ratchet, Ironhide, and Hound, and whatever that grumpy one's name is, mm -hmm. fall into the ice through a cavernous uh, kind of cave-in tunnel. Mm -hmm. uh, so they're lost. Uh, you go to Cliffjumper and Prime's group, and they hear calls for help from Spike, and Cliffjumper ultimately frees him. Meanwhile, Ironhide's team discovers the cavern where the Decepticons are doing the Earth core energy draining thing. Soon the Decepticons will have all the Energon cubes they need, all like 150 of them. Yep, hundreds. <laughs> Megatron discovers Ironhide's crew, who are immediately apprehended. Soundwave sends Ravage. I'm touching my shoulder to indicate sending Ravage. <laughs> so uh, you're ejecting the cassette. To see if there's any other Autobots laying around. So they had to know that the Autobots were coming, first of all, because Spike and Sparkplug were there for no reason. Mm -hmm. They've dealt with them yeah. before. But it doesn't seem like the Decepticons were really preparing for it. No. You know, they're, really, <laughs> it's just yeah. like luck that Ironhide's team gave away their position. Back to Prime's group. They just can, they can't find the other group, and they've been searching for Astro Minutes. Mm -hmm. uh, are Astro Minutes basically the same as normal Earth Minutes? Because that's uh, about how long they've been searching. No. 
I don't. I didn't do the math, but if if Astro seconds are to be believed, they're super long. So I. Don't, I uh. All right. Well, we've been saying that Transformers can't divide. Now they can't multiply. Um, Ravage attacks Cliff Jumper. Prime pops yeah. Ravage with his rifle while the rest of the team speeds past him. Bumblebee then shoots the ceiling, creating a caved-in ice ceiling that traps Ravage in the ice. I thought you had something you could uh, Yeah. No, I was just like Cliff Jumper's like, you know, he did a he actually did a good job of finding and releasing sp- Spike and Sparkplug, and then immediately is back to an idiot where he gets attacked by Ravage. Basically that's it. <laughs> Ironhide's team has been lined up against the glowing, resonating green crystals. <laughs> Starscream orders Skyfire to take the shot that terminates them. Skyfire refuses. You to terminate them! No, I will not. They have done no wrong. But you have! Starscream is enraged, calls him a traitor, and fires on him. He then turns toward the Autobots and takes his shot. An explosion ensues, mm-hmm. and we see a sea of scattered Autobot parts just I will among say, the grounds as the smoke clears. This fooled me. Like, I, I forgot. <laughs> like, I, <laughs> thank you for laughing at me, Caleb. Uh, this did fool me, where I'm like, I forgot that Hound does do holograms. And I'm like, oh my god, they fucked those guys up. And they blow the Autobots on the screen to component parts. And, but... It turns out that it's a hound hologram, but yeah, it, it, it fooled me. <laughs> so we go to commercial at that point and come back, and yeah, that's where we, when we learned that the destruction of the Autobots was just an illusion. But yeah, I guess the thing I don't understand about that is, did they not really place the Autobots up against those crystals? Like, where are the Autobots really? That's a great, that's great. Is... Hound projecting everything from somewhere else. Were they ever in even inside the cave? Well, then also my question is, I thought this was heading to Skyfire putting the Autobots back together. Mm-hmm. Like, I thought that's what it was going to happen, because I haven't seen this episode maybe more than a few times. But no, uh, that's really, that's a great question, is where were the Autobots? Like, did they just duck? Right. <laughs> okay, well... Uh, <laughs> Questions we'll never know the answer nope. to. We'll definitely never know. Um, re, before Starscream walks away from the scene, and actually before that reveal, he he walks towards the abandoned Skyfire. They exchange a few words. He basically washes his hands of him, uh, just and then leaves him damaged. Uh, but alive. The, then we find out that it was all an illusion, and now all the Autobots are regrouped as an as an entire team, and they are hanging out with Skyfire now. And I'll, I'll, and, you know, I lost my place in my notes. Don't know where the fuck I am. Happens <laughs> to me all the time. Hang on a second. Here we go. Regrouped as a team, the Autobots take it upon themselves to repair Skyfire, who uh, was apparently badly damaged, and they're mm-hmm. not sure if he's going to make it. Yep, guys. Uh, but luckily, we got Ratchet on the scene. Laserbeak is spying, and he's uh, giving the whole true skinny to Megatron this whole time. Yeah, there's a reappearance of like Laserbeak's microphone question mark receiver, whatever it is we saw a couple episodes ago. That's a uh, that's a recurrence of that thing. Yeah, yeah this, I head. guess just anything can come out of here. <laughs> It's probably, I lo- it's probably I lo- a better microphone than we have. It can't be worse. <laughs> I love this part where Megatron... Yeah. 
This is good. <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, well, yeah. So uh, Megatron, when he finds the news of the Autobots are still alive, <laughs> just throws a fucking Energon cube at Starscream's head and, it, ber- and basically just berides him for being a foolish piece of garbage. When I was watching this by myself, it legitimately made me laugh out loud. <laughs> it's <laughs> when a pretty funny moment, actually. With an cube. Here's the lesson. If you ever capture Hound, just execute him immediately. Yes. Because yes. otherwise yes. you're going to get fooled. Who know- because who knows? <laughs> That's right. Exactly. Uh, at, at this point, the Seekers take off and uh, bomb the Autobots. Some great explosions here. Oh right? yeah, the first. I think this is the first time we actually see them dropping ordnance, like uh, like like bombs. Mm-hmm. And it's really great animation. Like the mm-hmm. explosions are really good. Yeah, I don't think explosion animation has ever been their problem. <laughs> nope, nope, just characters. <laughs> That's right. Prime releases his mobile attack deck at this point, which mm-hmm. is uh, which is pretty cool, uh, which nails Skywarp, causing his stabilizers to malfunction, and uh, he takes out Thundercracker, or Skywarp takes out Thundercracker as uh, they go down in a, in a hail of uh, TIE bomber sound effects. Yes, yes. <laughs> and then, I do love it any time that Prime uses his trailer, like any, uh, like like Roller and all, and and the the, de- the deck, like that's always fun. That reminds me, I need to show you guys the MP44. Oh, that's true. I'll let you guys play with that very gently. <laughs> so Prime and Megatron engage in battle at this point. They sword fight with the green crystals. Yeah. They conk each other around. Megatron does a crazy midair twist maneuver. Yeah. It is wild. Like that was, I thought it was super cool how Megatron flips over Prime, reverses his pelvis, lands, and then rotated to hit him with the Kryptonite spear. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Uh, Prime also makes a propeller out of his crystal sword, mm-hmm. which is kind of nuts. Just when Megatron thinks he's lost, Jetfire shows up. Uh, I should say Skyfire, rather. Uh, he orders Skyfire rips it off to make the kill, but he refuses because he's an Autobot now. Yeah, yeah he rips off his fucking insignia-like paper. I like the, the iconic image of him holding up the Autobot, Autobot symbol. And there's, there's, like, there's like sparkles behind it. Like, so, where, where the fuck did you get it? <laughs> That's well, true. Did they, they just put it in his hand for if he wakes up? <laughs> Skyfire picks up Megatron over his head and chucks him into some ice, and then we see a hilarious... Oh, my God. The reflectors try some weird pro-wrestling tag team <laughs> pyramid technique that has no chance of success. This reflector, like, pyramid technique is bizarre. They just run at him. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yes, I, uh, I want to watch it again. <laughs> Why? <laughs> there is no effect with that move. And then uh, it's time for a final showdown. They used to be friends, but now Starscream is taking shots from the sky, but he forgets that Skyfire 2 can transform. And uh, <laughs> they, they basically they go stupid. up into the air, they, they play chicken, neither one flinches, Starscream is knocked to the ground, and Skyfire aims one last blast to create an avalanche that buries the crystal connection to the core, and ultimately himself. Yeah, mm. which, I mean, they could have just done, like... <laughs> It yeah. doesn't need to be a sacrifice. You're right. Yeah, it sure didn't. And also, just the, <laughs> why the game of chicken? Why weren't they shooting at each other? You're right. What, what's, what's happening here? So, and and he seems that he has enough control that he can fly himself. Does he fly himself into the crystal? No, he's gonna yeah. fire. Right? No, yeah, he does. Yeah, he shoots it. Oh, okay. All right. Gotcha. But then he gets to like. Just, he just flies know. into the rubble. I don't and gets know why. <laughs> yes. And everybody just assumes he's dead because that's how they treat him. They, so th- 
the Earth's energy drain is stopped. Everything's just going to be back to normal soon. Sure. We know that. And that normal includes a future without Skyfire. Everyone is sad, but Prime reminds us. It's gone. He won't be forgotten, Spike. He will live forever. So long as freedom exists. We shall remember you, Skyfire. We, we shall, shall remember. remember. We, we shall, shall remember. That brings us to the end of the episode. Thank God. I don't understand what as long as freedom exists means. Does does Skyfire yeah. ever come back? He, he does. Yeah. Does, but in like some of the scripts that I've been reading, they're like, don't use Skyfire. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, because of legal issues, They're which is not memos not a hundred percent clear. Again, it's not clear. It's not why. Um, this may be the most unbalanced episode. Like, it seems like it was to me when I was watching it. It seems like it was written by like two different people, and then I looked into it. It's written by three different people, which is Dick Robbins, uh, Bryce Malik, and Alfred A. Pagel. <laughs> P-E-G-A-L with revisions by Ron Freeman. So who the fuck knows where any of this comes from, but it just seems like really... The Starscream parts are really interesting yeah. to me and, and good, and the rest of it seems insane. Yeah. No, it's true. The uh, I mean, you have these sensitive backstory moments, and then you... And then it's just the action and treachery and, mm-hmm. and all-out silliness with Size, <laughs> and right? Random, random sacrifices. It's like shooting like, Skyfire's hand when he reaches into the cave. Yeah. Like what? Hey, voice actors. This is the first appearance of Greg Berger, who also voiced most famously Grimlock, uh, but also Golden One, Long Haul, and Outback. I don't know what Golden One is. And of course, he is the OG Odie and Pain. In the Metal Gear series, and also we've e- covered him before. So also Eeyore from Winnie the Pooh. Whenever uh, Peter Cullen calls in sick, they call Greg Berger <laughs> to Eeyore it up. Um, let's see here: fun details, tropes. Uh, this is a this is the introduction of the trope of uh, Autobots driving to undrivable places. Yes. Yep, and they, there will be a lot of that. <laughs> <laughs> There's plenty to go around. Well, let's talk about what was going on. In the real world. All right. (laughs) So what was happening in the real world? Well, this one actually, again, like we said before, this one aired later than the one we're about to review on the next episode. So this one actually aired uh, December 8th, 1984, Fire in the Sky. Uh, On the American Top 40... The duo who call themselves Wham. After three consecutive weeks at number one, they fall to number two with Wake Me Up Before You Go-Go. Now, we're up to the new number one song, and it's a tiebreaker in the category of most number ones so far in the 1980s. Since the month of May, there's been a three-way tie between Michael Jackson, Lionel Richie, and a superstar duo. They've each had four number ones apiece so far in the 1980s. The superstar duo who formed in Philadelphia have hit number one in the 80s with Kiss on My List, Private Eyes, I Can't Go For That, and Maneater. That's four number ones. This week, they get that tie-breaking fifth number one in the 80s, making them the act with the most number ones so far in this decade. The new number one song in the USA is by Daryl Hall and John Oates. Out of Touch.
The number one movie was Beverly Hills Cop, mm-hmm. which I feel like everyone knows this movie, but maybe our younger listeners aren't, aren't familiar. Beverly Hills Cop was a 1984 American action comedy film by Martin Brest, written by Daniel Petrie Jr., starring Eddie Murphy as Alex Foley. This is when Eddie Murphy Axel was... Axel Foley. Yeah, you fucked that up. I did fuck it up. This is when Eddie Murphy was at, like, the top. Oh, peak. Of peak, the world. Peak this, Murphy. This yes. is like, he was a... There was nothing bigger than Eddie Murphy right. at this point in time. Yeah, Eddie Murphy was definitely in, in, in many of my favorite films, and at the time, his stand-up routines are funny. They don't age great. I'll be interested to see how he uh, does his Netflix special. Like what mm-hmm. like, you think that's going to is that confirmed or are you just guessing it's coming up? No, he has a Netflix special. Oh, he's getting paid a gob of money. And he's back in the zeitgeist because he's also coming out with a movie where he he's it's a biopic about Rudy Ray Moore and he plays Rudy Ray Moore mm. and uh, Dolomite baby. Yeah, it looks it, it, the previews look interesting. Cool. So Eddie Murphy's he's coming back. My personal theory as to why stand-ups don't really age that well is that whenever you get famous and rich, you can't relate to people. Like I, I recently watched like the the beginning of a David, the new David Spade stand-up, mm-hmm. and it's like he starts off talking about how shit is crazy when you drive in L.A., and I'm like, that's not relatable. Or those jokes were made 20 years ago. I just think you're picking the wrong comedian because David Spade's not good. It's true. Well, there are the there, and I also thought that there are some who buck the trend, like Patton Oswalt, clean comedians, also kind of like Patton Oswalt. Patton Oswalt's not clean, but like, and then Jim Gaffigan and Brian Regan. They're it seems like they're more relatable and funny. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Caleb hates it. No, no, I'm agreeing. I'd call it taste, but <laughs> okay. So on TV. On the cover of TV Guide, Anna Alicia and Billy Moses of Falcon Crest, which is... Did you guys ever watch Falcon Crest? Never. No, I was a Dynasty guy. Uh, I watched them all. <laughs> Falcon Crest was a, a late soap opera in the evening. Um, one of those <laughs> wonderful juggernauts of the golden age of nighttime soaps, basically. Uh, and on the cover article was, was Hemingway a man's man, woman hater? Or our greatest writer. That was the. I wish I had a copy of that issue right now to just get down to it. Mm-hmm. I mean, the answer is he's he's pretty garbage. He could be all those things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He could be all those things. I mean, he was jingo- jingoistic, misogynistic, and I like his short stories, but his novels are mm, not for me. Anyway, but he did love cats, which is nice. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, everybody. Okay, so just to finish... He never met a cat, he didn't eat. <laughs> just to finish up... To, he has six-toed cats on his on his land to this day. Um, Is that a real thing? Yes. Like he bred six-toed cats? Yes, he had a six-toed cat, which uh, he named Snow White. Uh, his home in Key West, uh, mm-hmm. a friend, uh, a sailor friend gave it to mm-hmm. him. It, uh, it's called uh, polydactyly, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, there's 40 to 50 cats that live there now, and they're taken care of by a veterinarian. Hemingway Estate? Yeah. Well, how about that? So the That was <laughs> the most interesting thing of everything of everything you've said in the last five minutes. I know that you guys are bored. Um, so for the trivia, Caleb, you might like this. Um, there mm-hmm. was a car crash on this day uh, of Vince Neal, of uh, Mott... Lay Motley Crue. Oh, on, I'm being it. an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> yes, Not that not... I care. I'm... 
<laughs> yes, I was being an asshole. It's Motley Crue. Don't you talk about Motley Crue that way. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Deal was driving to a liquor store in Hollywood along with Razzle, the drummer for the band Hanoi Rocks. Mm-hmm. Uh, the two bands have both been at a party thrown in honor of Hanoi Rocks' first American tour. The band was from Finland. Mm-hmm. Uh, and everyone at the party had been drinking a lot. Neil and Razzle decided to go on a liquor run, and Neil in the driver's seat. Already drunk, he lost control of the car and crashed into an oncoming vehicle. Neil escaped with minor injuries, but the other three people involved were not so lucky. Uh, traumatic brain injuries is what they suffered. Um, so, and then essentially Neil became like, uh, he stopped drinking. He became, mm-hmm. a, you know, he went on the wagon. And his fucking asshole bandmates were just pricks who were, like, tempting him to recidivate and, like, mocking him and basically just being assholes about the fact that he's trying to be clean. Yeah, they fucking suck. That's the trivia. That's nice. (laughs) Yeah, they, uh, I'm I'm not going to say I'm not a big Motley Crue fan at all in general, but... Who? What's their What's their guitar player's name with that freaky face? Is it Nick Mars? Mick Mars? Wait, no, no. Uh, what's his name? No, um, it's um, fuck. I was gonna say Nikki Six, but that's from Poison. I'm gonna have to look. And of course, Tommy Lee is in the band, and we all know just in general that he's kind of a got dumb, a big, dumb, big dumb douchebag. <laughs> <laughs> we all know. We all know. We all know. We've all seen his dick. <laughs> we did. I remember when that came out. The Pamela Tommy. Mm-hmm. You know what? Tape. I take that back, and I'm sorry. It is Mick Mars. I am so sorry. In your face! Yeah. Who's the bigger metalhead now, bro? <laughs> My total bad, dude. And Mickey Six was in the band. I, I was. <laughs> thought, I Damn, thought, man! Get the fuck out of here, kid. Boy, time to put this episode to bed. <laughs> well, before we do that, I think it's time to get into our. The script deviations. Basically, basically the script deviations were all talking about how Skyfire was the problem. Oh, okay. Of like, um, we covered it. The legal issue, yeah, so we covered it. We could copy yeah, and paste or I whatever. think originally in the script it said, the snow's falling up. But it actually made it to production, and they're like, fuck they no. Fucked up. So it was yeah. actually an animation snow, error when it was falling down? snow should be falling down, actually. Maybe yeah. they made it falling up because the whole core, Earth's core thing is yeah, so ludicrous. <laughs> you lose your atmosphere. Everything's getting sucked it's, out it's into an space. Updraft. I mean, there's an updraft of some sort. Yeah. yeah. We can... I am the ghost of the iconic moment. <laughs> yeah. My favorite iconic moment is where um, Skyfire produces the uh, shreds the, the uh, Decepticon logo yeah. and produces that iconic uh, Autobot uh, Decepticast logo. <laughs> He's a big fan <laughs> of the podcast. Auto, Autobot logo and then slaps it on his chest. Mm-hmm. Did you just think what I think? Idea for we'll take a pic drawing of Skyfire and put the Autobot Decepticast logo on his chest. Sure, you weren't not? thinking it. Whatever. Oh, that's great. Yeah. My is I, it is 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 mine was uh, just the whole the whole thing of the backstory of Starscream. Mm-hmm. Like the, it's really fleshed out as to who he is. Like I love that. Like it's it's the first time we get a characterization which is actually like. An in-depth review, like it makes the character a person. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wish they had done more of that type yeah. of thing. Yeah. Cartoons nowadays are just so much more complex. I don't know if kids have just evolved and they need that. I think their so. storytelling to be more rich, or just, or maybe 
storytelling for children has just evolved and they've figured out how to give it some depth without necessarily over complicating things mm-hmm. but no i think that uh, it, it's it's both like you said aaron i think it's both that people like children have got are more sophisticated and the same way that um like viewers of anything get more sophisticated as it goes on because we have shorthand for it now mm-hmm. and also like the writers and producers are like this is kind of what i wanted to see Mm-hmm. You know, I guess, I mean, the idea of a Saturday morning cartoon, I mean, that is a very 80s idea. I don't know how far back into the 70s um, cartoons as a major entertainment stuff, thing yeah. for kids was existing. But so, I mean, that is its own moment in time. And I think they were just figuring it out. They were mm-hmm. like, fuck, we have license to sell shit to kids through this fake entertainment. And so it's, <laughs> let's it's, get some toys out there. <laughs> right. Uh, so things have evolved. I forgot to also mention back when we were talking about um, trivia about this episode, this is the first and only time we hear a Transformer have an internal monologue. And that's when mm. uh, Skyfire is saying to himself, oh. he's talking to himself in his own head about his distaste for the Decepticon oh. ways. I didn't even catch that. Uh, my iconic moment is just, was just the, I, I think both of yours are great. Mine is just really the introduction of Jetfire mm-hmm. in general. Like he's such an iconic character and so many people. He was a so great much. toy. And there's so much, you know, backstory. Like we said, check out Chris McFeely and, and Rodimus Primal, but, but there's a lot of just cool, interesting backstory to mm-hmm. it that nobody really knew about until you know, the last 20 years or so. Certainly not when we were kids. Um, next episode. Dinobots? I thought you were supposed <laughs> to make dinosaurs. <laughs> I hate that guy. Uh, check the store. Uh, we've been in the process for making... We, I think we've said we're making new products for the we last six to. months. Well... I we're mean, going to D- we're going to DC. Yeah, hopefully we'll have we this produced by the time we have DC. Yeah. I hope so too. Yes. Did you work on that poster? I have been working on content <laughs> for this ep- for this episode and for TFCon, but uh, but we still have yeah we have plenty Cup, of- Reco- Cup recruitment posters. Yeah. Uh, we have pins. Pin series round two is on the is on the oh, horizon. Hopefully by the end of October, and of course uh, poster version two. We've got a few poster ideas going on. So, um, and if you are uh, joining the Patreon, just to pump that real quick, of course, we'll some of the art and design crafty goods that we'll be making would be. In the APDC yep. booty box. And we put some stuff up. We post some stuff up there that, uh, you know, it's just not in the normal uh, feed. Like, so, yeah, you, you can Stuff about our it. lives you, you don't even care about. I, I don't. Yeah. I don't want to know what's going on in Aaron's <laughs> house, fixing his porch. The roof's got problems. It's I leaking. called a plumber yesterday. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan, oh, man. Ryan, Ryan's house is perpetually leaking, though. Hey, it's a, it's a garbage dump. <laughs> I wouldn't say that, but your basement is, oh, whenever it rains even a little bit, Ryan just flips out and has to go full into full, like, bailout mode. He's going it, down to his basement it, with buckets, coming upstairs, chucking them on the The nice grass. thing is, is he's got plenty of things to catch the water in. <laughs> it is. Yeah. I like, I walked into this house the other day, and I opening the oh, door, no. it just pushed over a pile of bottles. <laughs> that sounds different. It did. Like, opening the door, like you're Those are recyclable glasses. I know, but you're setting them in front of doors that people walk through. Well, I am Because you've run out of, of room of everywhere no, else. No, it's... 
Honestly, it is I'm afraid of home invasion. Yeah. <laughs> so I set up like home alone style traps. Yeah. What? That's, that's not true. It is one hundred percent true. You have micro machines in the hallway leading to your No, bedroom. but like I have a I have a La Crusade like uh, pot that I put in front of the the uh, door to the basement mm-hmm. because if I hear that pot scrape across the floor. I gotta get my pepper spray. I would be worried about home invasion <laughs> so, if I lived in Ryan's neighborhood. His neighborhood looks like oh, day three on a bad game of Paperboy. <laughs> <laughs> just, just you know, burglars trying to open up. There was a dead body found in a drum in it's your true. neighborhood, like about a hundred yards away. <laughs> and that was like oh there was a dead body ago. found in a, a, a trash can. Yes, yes. Oh my god, I did not know that. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> I don't remember that in Paperboy, but it's <laughs> knock over a trash can and a body just flops out. <laughs> Please continue to listen and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, and TuneIn, whatever your platform of choice. Caleb, I heard we just got a new platform that we've been added to. It's not necessarily a new platform, but it's a platform that we're new to called yep. Spotify. Oh, never heard of it. Tell me yeah. about it. Okay. <laughs> Apple Podcast users, please leave a review. Uh, follow us on our social media, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, all of them at APODDCast. And, of course, the web presence, autopoddeceptacast.com, and the Patreon presence, patreon.com slash APODDCast. Thank you. See you all later. This was a good one. Yeah. Bye, bye, bye. <laughs>
I agree. Anyway, I guess more to, back to my original point, which mm-hmm. we agreed on already, and I'll recap. <laughs> Just because I don't like an animal doesn't mean that I want it to go extinct. Great. All right. We'll put that on the sticker. Did you see my new Chuck Taylors? I did. No, I didn't. Those are nice. Yeah. Well done, sir. I bought these. It's interesting that the Converse logo is on the interior yeah. of the shoe. Unless I like I put it. them on the wrong foot. No. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I did. But. No, you're right. Those are nice. I bought these and a, and a dress shoe at the same time online because nobody carries my size in the store. Because size I'm tiny, shoe you wear? Like seven. You know, my grandfather wore a size seven. Oh. Mm-hmm. How did he get shoes before the internet? He probably had somebody make them. People had smaller feet. Yeah, it was a cobbler. Everyone had a cobbler they went to. Well, I bought these, and I bought a dress shoe at the same time, put the same size on them, which was seven and a half, I think, and these fit perfectly. The dress shoe is at least one size too big. Yeah? Yeah, it's crazy. My my toes are, like, right here. You'll grow into them. <laughs> I wear shoes out. I just wear shoes until they fall off my feet. I've always I have a pair of like dress shoes though that I try to take care of. You know, I have a pair of white, all white canvas Adidas. Like everything's white on them. And I got I was Mine. and so I was uh making spaghetti and I oh, got no. tomato sauce on them and I was like, Fuck, what am I doing wearing white shoes in the kitchen? <laughs> that I and, literally changed my shoes to cook in the kitchen. <laughs> so but I figured out I, I I did some research and the first solution was like um, didn't work very well. It was like you, but the second idea worked really well. You take uh, vinegar mm-hmm. and like making soda. Baking soda, probably. You yeah. mix it in a paste and you scrub it all over the shoe, and then you pee on it. Uh, you set them out in the sun. Oh, and let them bake, and then interesting. And then you then you take them when they're done, and you just kind of clack 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 and get the powder off. Pristine. Wow. Have you ever used a, uh, like those Mr. Clean Magic Erasers on a shoe? Those things. Those are awesome. They said for the canvas part, do the thing with the vinegar and the baking powder. For the the rubber part, Mm -hmm. Magic Eraser. There's, the the Magic Erasers are lit, like they do seem like magic. It's, there's something, there's something suspicious about how (laughs) Yes, yes. I'm really like, where's all this, where's all the stain going? (laughs) (laughs) They're made, maybe they're made from Australian sky rats. Maybe it's Maybelline. Clover, (laughs) clover pads, whatever. They work really well. Okay. Did you finally get this taken care of? We're good. All All right. All right, let's kick off the episode. <laughs> Brew Cells is the sponsor of Autopod Decepticast. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs>